0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Becoming Unassailable podcast. This podcast is all about helping leaders build highly functional, collaborative, and aligned teams. Because when your team is functional, collaborative, and aligned, the rest of your organization is able to thrive. My name is Mark Kenny. In each episode of season two, I'm highlighting an interview with a senior leader to gather what has worked and what hasn't from their own experiences leading teams. In this episode, my guest is Commissioner Carter. Lawrence. Carter is the Commissioner of the Department of Commerce and Insurance in the state of Tennessee, and came on the show to give us a number of very practical insights and tips on how to build a functional, collaborative, and aligned leadership team. couple of announcements before we get to the interview. As always, I have a gift for you for listening to this podcast, which is a few free chapters of my book, so you can head over to my website, Mark S. Kenny dot com slash gift. And second, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening, and let's get to the conversation. Commissioner Lawrence, and I'm going to call you Carter, but uh, because you said I could, but uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation.
1: Well, thank you, Mark. Pleasure to be here with you. Good to see you virtually. I know we got a chance to meet in person once before, but it's good to see you over Zoom.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you have an impressive background there. I know people can't see it, but the state capitol is right behind your left shoulder there, That's if right. I'm not mistaken, right?
1: Yes, right behind the Tennessee flag and uh, kind of obscured by the glare. But as clouds filter over, you might get to see it occasionally shine out back there. But yeah, absolutely love our location here. Close to the capitol, convenient right now during legislative session. But yeah, we've, we've got a great spot here.
0: So we're talking about building a functional, aligned, collaborative leadership team. Give us, describe your team. In your case, it's really the leadership team of the department. Mm-hmm. Describe that team a little bit to give our listeners a little bit of a context for, for your world from a team perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for teaming it up, Mark. Um, so state government is a mystery to most people who are not in state government. <laughs> In fact, I have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of my friends and even family don't really know what it means that I'm the commissioner at the Tennessee Department of Commerce and Insurance. So let me maybe mention a little bit about the uh, function of the Department of Commerce and Insurance, uh, about state government broadly, and talk uh, about who we are and kind of our composition. So uh, Commerce and Insurance is one of the state agencies. So as the name suggests, we have commerce we have insurance we have more beyond that but um, we oversee um, in in addition to insurance we have seven total divisions uh, across uh, across the agency so we oversee everything from insurance and that's all lines of insurance that are written in the state of tennessee we have financial securities we have occupational licensure we have the division of 10 care oversight we have the State Fire Marshal's Office. We have the Tennessee Law Enforcement Training Academy, Peace Officer Standards and Training Commission. Um, so we do a whole lot. And we also have our internal functions as well, which, uh, as you might be able to imagine, with the number of uh, functions that we have is a lot that it has to oversee. So a little bit about the who we are. We have about 850 total positions. Those aren't always filled at any given point, but six, roughly 600 of those are full-time employee positions, FTEs in state parlance. And um, again, not all of them are filled, but they fall within those seven different divisions all across the state. And uh, because we have such a diverse range of regulatory functions, I I think that every Tennessean is likely impacted by the work of commerce and insurance in some way as they go about their daily business. Um, So so we have those 850 positions, and those are led by assistant commissioners, are responsible for a specific division. And so in state parlance, there's the commissioner who is appointed by the governor and serves on the governor's cabinet. There are deputy commissioners, which at Commerce Insurance oversee multiple divisions. And then there are the assistant commissioners that are responsible for an individual division. So when I joined Commerce and Insurance, I was hired as the assistant commissioner for the regulatory boards. That's what I mentioned when I talked earlier about occupational licensure. Uh, I like to call it the ABCs of professional licensure in Tennessee because accountants, boxers, contractors, anything and everything in between. If there is a licensed profession in the state that's not health, it's a pretty good chance that it's here at Commerce and Insurance. In fact, uh, we have over 300,000 licensees that we serve uh, just through the division of regulatory boards alone. Now, financial securities, that's another 300,000 licensees. Of course, most of those are not within the state, but the point is we really do directly engage with most Tennesseans as they're going about their daily business. So to your earlier question, you asked about kind of the composition of the team. Uh, I mentioned that I was hired as an assistant commissioner within the regulatory boards, and Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate to have been promoted up along the way. Uh, I started as an assistant commissioner and I was pro- promoted to a deputy commissioner. And now for more than two and a half years, I've had the privilege and it as overused as the, the phrase is, it is an incredible privilege and honor to serve as the commissioner at Commerce and Insurance. So I've done that for about two and a half years. So I really inherited most of my team. Um, and, uh, and, and I don't say inherited in a bad way, um, in fact, i worked alongside most of the most of the executive leadership team. You now, I was I was a peer with them, which mm-hmm. is you know, a unique perspective, I think, um, within our specific organization. And then maybe looking at the state of Tennessee as an enterprise, mm-hmm. maybe it gives me a little bit of a different perspective uh, from some of my colleagues, the commissioners of other agencies. Again, not 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 good, not bad, just a, a different perspective. So I inherited a leadership team, um, some of whom have been in their specific roles for years, decades in in a couple of cases, some of whom were brand new. Uh, Over the course of time from being a deputy commissioner to a commissioner, I've had the opportunity to promote, to rebalance, reshuffle, and kind of work closer towards achieving what I think of as my vision for what the team should be. So a very long winded answer to your question that hopefully I answered in talking about who commerce insurance is, how that works within the state and then our executive leadership team here at TDCI.
0: Yeah, that's great context. So your department handles a lot of different, oversees a lot of different things that touch almost every Tennessean and your team basically oversees all those different functions and you're overseeing that team. Mm -hmm. I get that right? right. Yeah, absolutely. So, it, it leads me to the to the question, how important is it that your team, that leadership team really functions together, or, or are they working on different things and it doesn't matter as much? Is it fair to just ask, ask that question? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a great question. So I'll, I'll roll
1: back the clock to when I was hired as the assistant commissioner for the Division of Regulatory Boards. I knew almost nothing about what was happening in the division of financial securities. Mm-hmm. And it did not have a direct impact on what we were doing. Um, but there has been an ongoing effort that I've really tried to lean into to make sure that we are understanding what we're doing across the department to make sure that we're tearing down walls, that we are, uh, that we are to, to use another phrase that I've heard and somewhat resonated to put windows in, in our silos so that we yes. can sure that we understand what we do because we are, it's a diverse range of regulatory functions, but we have a unified goal of serving our customers. And there's a lot of crossover between those customers, you know, so lots of insurance producers are, also, are will also uh, be properly licensed for financial securities. Uh, and the same mm-hmm. can go for across lots of professions. So there are a lot of touch points along the way where we have the opportunity to make sure that we get it right and One of the things that I like to talk about to our employees uh, when we do town halls is to hopefully energize them by reminding them that they will likely have the opportunity in the course of their normal business to be the example about state government getting it right. Mm -hmm. And so how they talk to a customer, how they respond to an email, how they move along a license or a complaint or whatever the case may be, is going to be formational for that individual customer and how they think of the state of Tennessee, Department of Commerce and Insurance. And we have an opportunity to get right. Um, And it it, it's energizing for me. I hope it is for our employees. I think that, you know, to go back to I, you know, I, I talked at the high level earlier about the number of employees that we have, but to kind of drill down into the individual, I just had lunch a little bit ago with a group of employees from across the department. And it is incredible to get to hear from People about why they're here, because they really could work anywhere. They could work in any agency or they could work in the private sector. But truly, the vast majority are motivated by desire to go in and to serve their family and friends. And so it's really energizing to get to think about the context of the different ways that you serve. And yeah, you might just work on occupational licensure and you might just do uh, board of licensing contractors. But that piece that you do is going to make sure that that person is properly licensed and that's going to serve your neighbors better when that contractor is properly licensed. And so uh, I, I once again, I've taken a very long winding route to answer your question about the interaction between our divisions. That yes, we have been very intentional to make sure that across the divisions that the leaders are working well together, but then also that the employees have opportunities to get to know each other and to work together
0: like that. Yeah. That's really good context, Carter. Cause I, I would imagine naturally they're overseeing different, uh, different things, different programs, so forth. So naturally there would be silos It's could really take some effort to get them to work together sure. so that people, when they interact with your department, they have a great experience. So no matter right, what it right? is, it's consistent. Right. And it's great. Got it. Okay. So love that. So now let's, let's focus on you and leading that team and, my my first question in that is what has been the biggest factor in your success in building out your vision for that yeah. leadership team?
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. Uh, so I mentioned earlier about the the building of my team. You know, I, I I largely inherited the current team that I have, but over the years, you know, I've had some new hires as other folks have departed. We've reshuffled some uh, duties responsibilities. Uh, and so with maybe apologies if I don't articulate this well, uh, something that we have worked on is making sure that we are aligning uh, our personnel and our positions. And so I guess what I mean by that is that you'll have certain people who have their own skills and abilities, their strengths, their weaknesses and then you have positions about what you think of as the ideal organizational structure, what's going to be the most efficient, what's going to be the best flow of information and the two don't always, Mesh perfectly with each other. That something might look right on paper, but then you go and you look to see who you've got to slot
0: into those positions, and it might not always work well. So, in, so in other there, words, someone's skill yeah. doesn't necessarily match the the vision for a particular role or it a might not necessarily organization. Okay, sorry. Right, and,
1: and trying to make sure that um, that that we are not that I don't try to force the vision that works best on paper with the people that we have, instead looking to maximize the talents, the abilities of the team that we have already with the positions that we have. And so uh, I, I think it's actually been really successful at Commerce and Insurance uh, over the years at trying to make sure that we are moving in the direction of matching people into their roles where they're going to be the most successful with what our agency needs in order to best serve our customers.
0: Got it. Um, so what is a strategy or tactic that you keep coming back to leading that team? And, and I'm, and I'm actually thinking of something you said earlier um, about creating windows between the silos. Mm-hmm. Can, can, I, can I go back to that just for a second? Like what, what is a strategy or a tactic? Like, like I'm if I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, okay, that sounds cool, but how do you actually do that? Mm-hmm. Like, like how do you create those windows? So you got people in the roles How do you create windows so we're not just operating in silence? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well,
1: I'm a big believer in getting people together in a room. And that can be in a physical room together, or that can be like we are talking right now over Zoom or whatever electronic Mm -hmm. uh, platform is most appropriate. Because uh, getting to see someone and ask them about what they are doing, what they are working on, does spark ideas. Uh, Mark, you probably get to see it all the time. I get to see it frequently. Wish I got to see even more. Want to make sure it happens more. Uh, But when we bring our executive team together, we get to hear one division leader talking with another division leader about a problem that they're facing and they are thinking through potential solutions together and maybe a third mentions an idea that they have that's been working well so what I may be moving slightly away from the direct question about uh, putting windows in the silos to just the general collaboration. Something that has been a big topic for us, and I imagine for most leaders, has been about remote work. You know, it's, it's incredibly difficult to get it right, but it's really important that we do get it right. And every single executive leadership meeting that we have now, we talk about what's working well and what isn't with remote work because it's something that we have to get right. And like I said earlier, it's really tough to do it. So we are, we're hearing from each other about best practices. We're getting to share what we've read, what literature exists, hearing from HR, uh, but then also what we've been able to operationalize and what's been successful and what hasn't.
0: So what I'm hearing is, okay, we're, we're, Really making an effort to get the people with the right skills, the right people, and the right roles that match the vision for the team and the organization. And, you know, like creating those windows, like you didn't just give me some complicated rocket science question. It's, you know, we get together and talk sure. <laughs> and collaborate and share and share ideas and become a team. Like that doesn't sound all that complicated, but, but like that is a simple way of sharing information and getting to know each other, what each other is doing, helping to helping to find innovative ways to solve Absolutely. problems. Absolutely. To, to and, and,
1: and to be clear, uh, Marga, as you probably already assume, but just to um, clarify to your listeners, we also have all of the underlying data. So every division is able to see metrics from everyone else and you are mm-hmm. able to observe how they are meeting or how they are not meeting various metrics. On top of that, we are also just making sure that we have a culture in place that is going to be collaborative. And I don't think that that collaborative culture is created unless you're able to look your coworker in the face, ask them about the book that they read, that they told you about, or the hike that they went on, or the sports game that their kid plays, participates in, whatever the case may be, whatever their individual interest may be, uh, and I also recognize, as old-fashioned as it might sound, I fundamentally believe that we have to have relationships in order to bo- to build a successful collaborative culture.
0: How do you do that, Carter? I, th- I mean, it sounds great, but like, how do you is like to say, okay, we're we're getting together in the room and we're just going to ask each other questions, <laughs> or? Like, how do you actually build those relationships so people know each other and share some of that information? Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, So talk for us at Commerce Insurance. Uh, We have at least monthly executive leadership team meetings. In addition to those during the legislative session, we have legislative uh, executive leadership team legislative update meetings that are happening every other week. And then, just as needed on an ad hoc basis, we're pulling together the executive team. For those ones that are scheduled monthly, we make sure that we have enough time that's built into it that is agenda free. And so during that time, one assistant commissioner will ask another, you know, some of the questions that I mentioned earlier uh, about their personal hobbies and interests. And, and we just intentionally are setting aside a little bit of the meeting time for, for that purpose alone. Uh, I mentioned earlier about the particular team that we have has worked together many of them for a while Mm. we have a mixture of some folks who have been in their specific role for nearly 20 years we have some who have been in for less than two years and across that mixture we've been able to develop and deepen the relationships i think through that intentional time that's set aside just to chat and we in addition to that we have um Monthly meetings where we're all coming in to meet with new employees, and that goes back to your earlier question about breaking down the silos, from the moment that a new employee starts, they're coming in and they're meeting not just with the leadership team in their individual division, but they're meeting with the leadership team across the entire department. And that might not be relevant for them, it might not be relevant day one, it might not be day 100, but I think that somewhere along the way, they are going to need to know about the leadership in other divisions, and that the division leadership needs to know who is out there. You know, uh, I talked earlier about uh, about how many divisions we have, and it's a real benefit for us to be able to offer promotional opportunities in-house. You know, of course, we hope that mm-hmm, in, right. in a specific division, when you hire someone, you hope that they're going to spend the next twenty years in your division but the chances are they're going to grow, develop, and they might want a a promotional opportunity faster than is available in your division. We're fortunate at my specific agency that we have enough other divisions that they can move to another division while staying in-house. So from day one, we try to bake in about trying to get to know across the department to understand our mission, our vision, our values about the diverse way that we're serving customers.
0: Got it. That makes perfect sense. This is great practical um, practical advice that you're sharing. I appreciate that, Carter. Because sometimes we hear like, yeah, we got to build relationships, break down silos, but like, how do you actually do that? Sure. And it sounds like it's a lot of intentionality, not even complicated thing, but just intentionally creating these. these. I mean, bring food, right?
1: So we when we have our new employees, we've got donuts and coffee when we have our executive leadership team meetings we have some food uh-huh uh, pe- people people like to break bread and fellowship and chat and then you you have your meeting
0: it's like your teenagers you want to have a conversation with your teenager take them to get some food that's that's there always go. a winner there you go um what are some obstacles and challenges that you're still working through in trying to make this a team sure yeah um Wow. That's a really great question.
1: Um, you know, I, we've been so successful, I think with forming the team that I, it maybe is difficult for me to think about some challenges that we have, but,
0: um, you and know, maybe then if, if it, it I, I may switch that a, a little bit, if, if this is a better question, like what, so the team is here, but, Either what's an obstacle or challenge, or maybe like, what's the next step for the team? Like, where would you like to see the team uh, yeah. in a couple of years? Yeah,
1: good question. Um, so I think we've made a lot of progress already as a team in breaking down the barriers in removing the silos, or at least putting windows in the silos. But we're not there. We're not all the way there. And we know that we're not. Um, we have to continue at the executive level and then uh, working down through the ranks to make sure that we are integrating across our different divisions to understand the ways that we're serving. You know, we want to make sure that it is a comprehensive, um, a comprehensive solution that a customer gets when they reach out to us for a problem. That, you know, we don't solve their problem just in one way or even just with our agency, but that we are helping them across the entirety of state government. And some of these are truly beyond our control at Commerce Insurance. In mm-hmm. some cases, they're beyond the control of the executive branch itself. But we want to make sure that when a business owner is having difficulty with their license with Commerce Insurance, that they also have the relevant information that they need from the Secretary of State's office. And so, the the ultimate vision, I think, as far as serving customers is to try and provide the most comprehensive possible solution for the customers so that their touch points with government are, are reduced in number and made more seamless in their feel. So that, that is a, frankly, that's a project that is far beyond my scope. I I would love to play a small part in that as to the commerce insurance piece and to making sure that, um, myself, my colleagues in the executive branch uh, who serve in the governor's cabinet are making sure that our agencies are doing everything that we can and that we partner with the with the other agencies, the other pieces of state government
0: to try and best serve the citizens of the state. That makes a lot of sense, Carter. Yeah, because I think people have this, this um, perception of state government. And I know you all and a lot of departments in the state have really done a lot of work to Change that perception and and serve customers customers better. So I think it's, I'm sure it's it's there's still challenges and it's not easy and it's complicated, but uh, but it's uh, appreciated and and noticed.
1: Absolutely. Well, gl- great. Glad
0: glad to hear that. And if it and if it wasn't the case, and if you did
1: have any problems, we want to hear about that too, because we're not going to know that there are opportunities to improve
0: unless someone tells us. Okay. I have one, I have two really short questions and we'll sure. wrap up. One is, is, is there a particular book or resource that that you would recommend to someone on how to build this collaboration, build this team? Maybe that's been recommended to you.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess not a particular resource comes to mind, but uh, I am a big consumer of podcasts. Uh, listen to quite a few. In fact, Mark, I listened to your back catalog in preparation for this and oh, you've got a you. lot of really excellent guests along the way. And so something that I like to do is to listen to podcasts during my commute. And I'll find a particular topic or presenter that's of interest to me and something that I'm working on and look up some more that they've written or read or more easily digestible for me find a TED talk that they gave somewhere Mm -hmm. along the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And think about it like, like what you've mentioned earlier, Mark, about what are easy to implement things that I can do to think about how can I operationalize what I'm hearing what I'm learning into my day to day and so I think that podcasts are a great format for that you know uh, I've got I've got a commute that is about one podcast in length and so it gives me time to listen to something on the way into work and think about how I can put it into practice while I'm there. So. In general, you know, I, I like to find a good leadership podcast. I uh, would certainly commend your back catalog uh, to listeners. I'm not sure how they will think of this one in particular. Oh, this is going to be
0: another one. <laughs> simple, simple ideas. Absolutely. I, I love it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So listen to a podcast on the way or, hey, this isn't cutting in. I'm going to switch podcast. And That's right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, Last question real quick. How in the world does one become the state fire marshal? Oh, great question. Like,
1: yeah, how, so how it is kind of sounds
0: like fun. Yeah, it, it absolutely is fun. Um, it is the
1: piece of my job that I think is the only one that is understood by my children, even <laughs> as it's misunderstood. <laughs> mm. uh, so it's by virtue of being the commissioner of the Department of Commerce and Insurance that you're also the state fire marshal. So when mm. the governor yeah. appointed me as the commissioner at Commerce and Insurance, he also appointed me as the state fire marshal. Now, to, to you, to your listeners, rest assured that there are actual fire prevention subject matter experts who are out in the field doing the important <laughs> work of the state fire marshal's office. It's not all, not all on uh, the shoulders of someone who does not have a background in fire prevention, but it is an incredible honor. Uh, and the historic length, uh, link excuse me, uh, between the state fire marshal and insurance goes back to Uh, insurance and protection against fire loss and data reporting to insurance companies. So there are a number of other states in which the insurance commissioner is also the state fire marshal. And I'm incredibly proud of the role. You can see I've got an honorary uh, fire helmet. I noticed you put that back there. (laughs) um, Incredibly proud of it. Um, I do have to correct my children, though. They'll sometimes call me a firefighter. And that feels like we're getting in the territory of stolen valor. I have to mm-hmm. say no,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not go through a fire academy. I was appointed by the governor, uh, but I'm very proud of the role as state fire marshal.
0: Sounds good. Thank. I didn't put that together with uh, fire marshal and sure. insurance, but that, that makes total sense now. And I was you satisfied my curiosity. Excellent. Very good. Well, Carter, thank you so much. Thank you for the practical advice, giving us a little window into your world and just some of the simple ways that with intentionality that you build into your team and thus the collaboration across the entire department. I appreciate you being with me. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it, Mark. You're welcome. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Mark here. You know, there's some of you that are listening who may want to go deeper and have a conversation about strategies for your own team and organization. Well, go to MarkSKenny.com slash call and schedule a 30-minute complimentary strategy session with me. We'll talk about some strategies for your team and organization, whether or not we each decide there's a next step or not. And please remember to subscribe, And share this podcast with someone else so we can get the word out about building healthy, functional, collaborative, and aligned teams. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next time.